Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolden. Today is Tech Tuesday, and the leak parade, the leak deluge, I don't know what you want to call it, but the leaks about DubDub this year are coming fast and furious, and I want to talk about some new stuff that was published yesterday at 9to5Mac that has some really interesting uh, you know, potential improvements and implications here for developers. Uh, at least, like, they're in areas at least I'm interested in. So, first and foremost here, I'm looking at this new article that I'll link to in the show notes, and they say, finally, we're going to get some new Siri intents. Now, in my uh, developer circles, the lack of Siri intents, uh, certain ones specifically, have been, like, a, a kind of uh, issue we've been talking about for years now. But it looks like finally this year, a new Siri intent to include media playback is going to finally be coming, as well as search, voice calling, event ticketing, message attachment, train trip, flight, airport, gate, and seat information. But it's that media playback one that uh, I know a lot of people have wanted. So with the Siri shortcuts that came out uh, this, this last update cycle, you saw apps like Overcast, my podcast player of choice, allow you to set some some shortcuts so you could use Siri to activate like a playlist or something. But you can't pass in variables with that. So I'm 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 hoping that this media playback intent will allow me to finally do what I want to do, which is you know, use the app of my choice to do the same kind of voice commands to start and stop the play to to find a you know, play playlist whatever that I can with the music app. Now, I don't know if it's really going to go that far, but it would be nice if it did. Uh, the rest of the intents seem interesting, but I, I don't really have much of an idea about how I would use them at the moment. But that one I could see being very useful in my life if, it's, uh, if it allows you to you know, pass in some variables there. <laughs> and uh, I'd use that all the time with Overcast. So they also talk about Marzipan improvements here. Uh, Marzipan is that uh, feature that's going to allow, uh, allow developers to take an iOS app and run it on the Mac, uh, port it over to the Mac, and it says here that uh, you know you'd be able to to add, access things like touch bar, um, menu bar, you know, basically stuff you would expect to to, to be able to access. If you want to make it a Mac, uh, make it feel like a Mac app. So nothing too super interesting, except that it does look like Apple is seriously. If, I mean, assuming this is all true, of course. It does look like Apple is seriously trying to make Marzipan not just a simple, you know, port of iOS apps, but the ability for you to take an iOS app and adapt it to really be Mac-like, which is something that I think is very important because the Mac has very clear usability, um, you know, user experience uh, aspects to it, uh, user interface aspects, and iOS has some very different ones. So trying to Combine the two is uh, challenging, I'm sure. But it looks like they are attempting. And I, I do believe this is only going to be like phase two of this transition. So we'll probably have at least one more dub dub after this next one uh, before we've actually kind of gotten to where Apple, I think, is aiming. Uh, it looks like augmented reality updates. So this is another area where I'm actually interested in because every year I've looked at the AR kit stuff and every year I'm like, ah, it's not quite <laughs> what I need it to be. And this year, though, it looks like they're going to add, among other things, the ability to detect human poses. Now, 
I wonder if this could also human poses to me it seems like a whole body. So one of the things I've always wanted to do, and you can do with some third party libraries theoretically, is be able to like recognize like hand gestures and things. But the ability to detect a human pose would also be really interesting. Now, obviously, you could do all this stuff now, but you can't do it with built in tools. And I really like to use the built in stuff because I'm lazy and don't have any money to pay for the licensing fees. But the uh, idea, the uh, the ability to detect a human pose could be really interesting. There's some ideas I've been messing around with and like, you know, playing with for a while and not really getting anywhere with. And one of the problems I run into is the ability to trigger things in an uh, in an app from a distance. And what I wanted to do was use a camera to do that, but I, I couldn't find a good built-in framework for doing what I wanted to do. So the idea that maybe we could detect human poses that actually opens up a whole lot of uh, other ideas I have in my my head right now about how uh, that could be really useful in an, in, in an app. <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, some other stuff in there that you can read for yourself about games. Taptic Engine, Links, NFC, and more. Basically, all the rest of the stuff is just kind of combined in one big section here. <laughs> uh, looks like uh, more control of a Taptic Engine, which is kind of cool because uh, you can have more feedback, basically. Uh, link previews, like an iMessage. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, basically, that will just make apps feel like they are a little, have a little more richer experience in them. That's all. NFC improvements, I'm really curious about. It says here that the ability to third-party developers to read any of these other kinds of uh, tags. I don't exactly know what that means because I'm not familiar with all the different tag types, but I know that NFC has been a like a sticking point for a long time. I did some experiments with, like, years ago with the NFC stuff. Um, and, you know, every year they add features to it, but it was always, like, difficult from a third-party perspective to make it work the way I wanted to. You know, like, ideally... And maybe we could have done this with iOS 12, if not earlier, but maybe we can do this with the current um, apps, but it's not entirely clear. But uh, what a lot of, I think I've talked about this before, what a lot of uh, students, for instance, a day job would like is a virtual ID. And I know Apple announced, I think it was at DubDub, one of those, one of those um, events recently, that some schools were like adopting this, uh, I think it's like based around wallet, but like a virtual card kind of deal, allowing them to open doors and stuff. and you know that would be great. I don't I don't know enough about that feature or what's required of it, but always wanted to be able to build into the app I work on the day job the ability to like log in and not log into open doors and stuff like that. But not not possible for various reasons. Uh, one of them was always the NFC was like too locked down. So I don't know if that's already been addressed or if this is going to address it. I don't know. But NFC is actually pretty cool. Uh, it had some limitations, but back when I was playing with it and dealing with some tags. It, it was it was a neat little thing, uh, being able to scan stuff uh, just by being near it. You know, there, there's some interesting use cases. It didn't quite uh, work the way I wanted it to at the time, so it didn't really turn out uh, to be very much. But still, pretty neat to see that they're still working on NFC support. Because um, I, I want to be able to open doors and ride the subway. <laughs> so the easier they can make that, the better. If I can just use my phone for everything, or my watch. Uh, and I know you can in some limited areas do that now, but like I want, I want it to be opened up for third-party developers. Uh, let's see, some core ML stuff, which really doesn't matter to most of you listening. Uh, but should make some make it easier to do some kind of cool visual 
um, recognition type of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Document sharing functionality that's available in things like uh, Notes. We available with third-party developers as part of a public framework. So if you're not aware of this, the Notes app can actually do a good job of scanning documents. Now, there's a lot of third-party scanners that do a lot of other things. But if you just want to scan some documents, and or if you already use a Notes app and you like it, you can use it. You can just there's like a you can hit a button in there and you can scan like a piece of paper or something in front of you, and it does a really good job of uh, even if you take a picture at an angle of of you know figuring out you know how to render it flat and clean and nice and it's very well done, but not open to third party uh, developers. So I think it's be pretty cool. I like to see if it's you know, if it becomes like the uh, more widely adopted for scanning apps, or uh, I think it'd be really cool to add it in. I mean, a lot of apps have the ability to scan stuff, but I don't know what frameworks they're using for that. They're probably using some kind of third-party framework. So this might be a case of Apple Sherlocking an entire <laughs> small little developer industry, but that's kind of what happens. I do know people that use the Notes app for scanning, and it's what I tell people to use when uh, they want to like scan something and they don't. They're not necessarily in the, the the space I am where I'm like, I try all these different apps so they don't know that there's scanner apps or something. So I'm like, oh yeah, so open up notes, create a note, scan that piece of paper, scan that piece of mail, whatever you need, scan that, uh, you know, whatever that you need. Pretty cool. Pretty cool they're opening that up. Hmm. But that's not the thing I'm really excited about in this little paragraph. What I'm really excited about is apparently with a new API, apps will be able to capture photos from external devices such as cameras and SD cards without having to go through the Photos app. So let me explain to you something. My pain as a photographer <laughs> who uses uh, iOS and Mac. Uh, often I am, j- like for instance, just over the weekend, I was taking pictures at a brewery. Um, one of my favorite bands, Caliber and the Attitude, was performing. I took some photos. And in the middle of the day, you know, after I took some photos there, I wanted to publish one of them to Instagram. Uh, so I kind of knew which one it was. So I plugged in my SD card via a little adapter into my iPhone XS, and then it pops up this really annoying photo input screen, okay? Uh, not the best user interface. You can kind of 3D push on them to, kind of, to see a larger image, but it's kind of limited into how you can interact with the images. And then when you choose something to import, it goes into your camera roll. But it's like I use Lightroom primarily for editing, and so then you got to either use like this weird Siri shortcut you can set up, to try to copy it from there into Lightroom and then delete it or do it all manually. So that's basically what I did. I'd do it all manually. Uh, and I still think I probably have the old version sitting in sitting in photos. So basically, it's a real problem. And if you want to, it, it doesn't sound like a problem. You just do it one at a time. But there are photographers that have complete workflows now just on like an iPad Pro. Uh, and more importantly, uh, uh, the ability to uh, so, so first of all, the ability to just take it off in my SD card and go right into Lightroom or some other program would be great. But more importantly, the ability to plug in a hard drive uh, and then just read off the hard drive, ideally, and not copy it into uh, the Photos app, that would be huge. That'd be huge for the photography community. And if it also extends to video or, I mean, dare I dream, just general files in general, that, that would be great. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if... If it's going to, it doesn't say here anything about general files, just says photos, but I really hope that it extends to at least video as well, if not to just general purpose uh, reading of files. Uh, Because there are, uh, there are photographers and videographers and hybrid shooters out there that 
use an iPad Pro, like especially like that 12.9 inch iPad Pro, the new one with the USB port. They use that as as their primary, uh, or at least one of the primary workflows. The only problem is getting big files onto it, modifying, st- you know, editing stuff, getting them back out again, especially with video, especially with like 4K video or higher. It's very difficult to do right now. It's just, it's very awkward, and you need to do a lot of copying onto the device. And I'm hoping that this will, you know, make that work more like you'd expect. Because a Mac, you can just plug in an external drive. You can read off the drive. So <laughs> there's a lot of these really fast, relatively inexpensive SSD, external SSDs that you can use as an editing platform, uh, especially when you're using like a laptop. That's what I do, and pretty performant, especially on one of the new iPad Pros with that port. I expect that. Uh, something like that would be very performant. Maybe you can even edit 4K off of it, maybe. Um, so uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm mostly stills photography, but I, I do know uh, that that would be useful for me, and I do know some some people that would be really useful for video. On the Mac side, it uh, looks like some stuff that might make it things like Dropbox integrate better, and um, that's about it, really. So... I am really particularly interested in this WWC. It looks like it's going to be huge for uh, everything, iOS and Mac. I'm particularly interested in the new Siri Intense for media playback. That's long, long overdue. Marzipan is just fascinating to me. I, I can't wait to try something with that. The, uh, the AR kit stuff, every year, every year I say this is the year I'm going to like build some AR app, and then I look into it, and it doesn't quite do what I want it to do. Maybe this will be the year I actually can do it. We'll see. <laughs> Um, NFC stuff, uh, maybe. Um, and then the, the photos import stuff is uh, probably of all these announcements, the be- just being able to, to read photos off my SD card directly into Lightroom would, would have the most impact on my day-to-day life. I mean, I'm actually ridiculously excited about that compared to everything else, but you really have to, to know the pain of, of like trying to import and edit a whole bunch of stuff on an iOS device. Uh, to know why that is so helpful. Most people, if you're just taking photos, you know, with with their phone or something, you don't you don't run into this. So it looks like it's going to be a big announcement. I wonder if there's going to be any more leaks before then. I mean, I don't know how much more can leak. It seems like all the big announcements have been made uh, or have leaked out. So I don't know. There is just so much stuff. It looks like it's going to be coming out. Uh, and, uh, oh, I mean, I didn't even talk about the leak that happened a few days earlier where they were talking about Siri shortcuts coming to the Mac, at least with Marzipan apps. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole new world here. So it's interesting because, you know, Microsoft went through this uh, transition for years, and I feel like they're still in that transition, where they were trying to create one operating system that would run on everything. And you would write an app, and it would run supposedly on everything. Now, they don't have a mobile platform anymore, uh, but they do have the surfaces, and they have desktops, and the idea is you can run something, and it kind of runs on all these devices, and the UI works as expected. I still don't think it works particularly well, but their approach was one operating system for everything. Apple's approach is different. They've always maintained that the operating systems have their own strengths and weaknesses, and and that they're meant for different types of tasks. But now with the Marzipan concept, you're bringing iOS apps onto the Mac. However, the big difference here is it looks like Apple is putting a lot of effort into helping developers as easily as possible 
support an iOS app, not just like have it work. You know, it's easy enough to just have the app, like the very first Marzipan apps you can see now, like on Mac, you have the latest Mac version. Version you can see is something like News. That's basically a Marzipan app. Uh, and it works almost exactly like the app that's on your phone, which means it look, it's like kind of crap on a Mac. But considering if you think about all the technical requirements, it's actually very impressive. But it doesn't feel like a Mac app. It doesn't really work like a traditional Mac app. Now, Apple's approach here is to try to make it so that you can build this app that will work on your iPhone, that'll work on your iPad, and that'll work on your Mac, and presumably fit into those different environments appropriately. Maybe even uh, provide different kinds of functionality on those platforms. That's uh, to be seen. But it could usher in eventually, probably not this year, maybe the year after or the year after that, the idea that you, you could build like one big app and just have it in the stores and work the appropriate way across all the platforms. Um, and yet it's not forcing one operating system to work across all device form factors or forcing the Mac to be a touchscreen device or something like that. It's, I think, a very Apple approach to this kind of thing. Uh, it's also pragmatic because there just are a lot more iOS developers out there than Mac developers. And the platform just makes a lot more money, generates more interest even now. So it makes complete sense that you'd want to continue giving options to iOS developers to, you know, make money, basically, and expand platforms. And honestly, the Mac feels like it's been somewhat neglected for years, so it's, it's, I'm glad that it looks like it's finally getting a lot of attention. And the issue is, if the Mac is to, uh, you know, continue to be relevant, it needs best-of-breed software on there. And increasingly, the focus has been on iOS for so many years now, it feels like, some of the best-of-breed software just isn't making it to the Mac. Or there's like a lot of innovation happening on iOS, but on the Mac side, it's just a lot harder to uh, make something that... Um, well, just harder to make something, period, because the uh, the way you build it with AppKit versus UIKit is so different in, in ways that if you're not uh, familiar with it, it's, uh, you know, it can be a challenge. Uh, even though it has its own advantages, I know I hear some people out there and they say, you know, yelling at me right now, about how AppKit is so much better in ways. Uh, yeah, I understand. They have their place. But I think this is a good move by Apple. Uh, it's still, we have to wait to see how well they implement everything, but it looks like they're moving in the right direction. Uh, so if I can build an app someday that works on my phone and my iPad and my Mac, but it feels at home on all those platforms and works as I expect on those platforms and does like what I need and integrates into the ecosystem on those platforms, uh, even if that means I have to do extra work, obviously. Uh, that would be, I think, good. That would be good. So I'd still think that would be a heck of a lot like less expensive in terms of development time, effort, and money than building two separate apps or back in the day when people used to primarily build like an iPad app, an iOS app 3. So, yeah. I'm excited. So I'm mostly excited about Marzipan. Marzipan and being able to import photos. <laughs> <laughs> there were two things I'm mostly excited about, with a uh, a, a close uh, third being uh, uh, the Siri intense. So we'll see what happens in June. I'm not going to be there, but I will be watching it. Um, I don't know if I'll be watching it a Philly Coca event or not. Not sure about that yet, but 
I'll definitely be watching it live, the the keynote. I'm very excited. Looking forward to it. Uh, I normally take off, actually, from work on those days just so I can I can watch it and spend all my time downloading the Xcode and beta bits and everything and, and play around with things. So I'm looking forward to it. So tomorrow is Wednesday, which is the day before we uh, we fi- I finally get to see Endgame. So tomorrow, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I might talk about some of the Endgame reviews that have come out. I've been very careful not to uh, read any spoilers, but it does look like it's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that on Thursday. So maybe we'll have our last-minute predictions tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Tomorrow's a new day. But that's going to be it for this uh, Tuesday, April 23rd. If you want to get in touch, you can find my contact info at dailycronpodcast.com or, you know, follow me on Twitter at S-T-O-L-T-O-N. Some people say Stolten. Uh, And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Later.